back at it for a, a Monday on the Jack Michael Show. We will uh, hear from Jack a little later, little late, later on from Winnipeg as uh, it's a little wraparound four-game series for the Red Hawks as uh, like Friday through Monday, and it's been a productive three days north of the border as the Red Hawks put themselves right back in the thick of things in the uh, American Association West Division race with three wins. Sweep tonight, a little earlier start here on the fan with a 5-10 uh, pre-game on that. Randy Anderson in studio. Derek, a uh, little bit under the weather. He should be uh, back tomorrow as we'll uh, talk some Twins baseball with Dick Bramer as we do on Tuesday. It's also Missouri Valley Football Conference media days uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. So we should get, uh, we'll hear some comments uh, from both Bubba Schweiger of UND, uh, Matt Ensem, some NDSU, and uh, probably a few others as well um, that will uh, probably uh, get that some of that to you throughout the week as well. It is a couple of minutes afternoon, and I wanted to bring in Madison Quinn, who's part of our uh, team here at uh, Midwest Radio, and uh, you see a lot of his work, um, KFGO.com, and on social media as well. He does an outstanding job with that. Hello. And, hey, Brad. And a, uh, and a sports fan in his own right. Oh, a, gosh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what my life would be like if I didn't have this uh, – bad obsession with minnesota sports it's just it's just a matter of which one is gonna let me down it's just a it's a changing of the season how they're gonna let you it's gonna be the twins it's gonna be the vikings which one arguably makes you feel better because they're all gonna let you down but which one is gonna let you down the the easiest yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's just it all and how they're going to do it and in what kind of spectacular way they're going to do it. I uh, <laughs> just never know. Um, hope, text Club, I, well, right now is working, 35270. They're supposedly going to have a, a little uh, little work on our phone and Internet, so hopefully Doc Phil will be able to join us at uh, 1220 uh, for his Monday visit. But wanted to bring you in here for a few, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we'll talk some uh, Twins and Vikings and other assorted stuff here in a moment. Uh, you, along with uh, Robert Wanick Jr. from the uh, Daily News down in Wapiton, does a, a fine job covering sports down there with uh, the high schools and science and such. And uh, you and Noah Cluton had a heck of an idea here, and, and, <laughs> and quite an undertaking, I must say. Um, you kind of have a soft spot in your heart for your hometown. You played for Post 20, and, yep. and they are uh, right now two wins away from a state championship. That will continue today in Kindred. But uh, you... You three had an idea, and I'll just kind of let you yeah, go from there. Definitely. You're right. And, you know, ever since, you know, baseball is one of those sports is, you know, it started at a young age for me. And, you know, when you play in Legion and high school and you look back and, you know, those are some of the best times that you had. And, uh, you know, you look back and you're like, what could have could have I done more? You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, how do I give back to this Wapiton baseball community that, you know, I've loved so dearly and have been a part of. And so, you know, with me being in media and going to college and doing all this fun stuff, uh, there's an idea of doing something like this. It was never to the scale of a giant documentary like we've landed on. And so once I, you know, became friends with Robert Wanick down there, um, I knew the talent that he had. And I was thinking, I'm like, we have to do something about this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's post 20 related or if it's like science football related or something we wanted to do something and uh we just had a meeting one day and we we talked about like what is something we can collaborate on and so we started doing you know throwing out ideas you know whether that be science football there was a good story there last season with uh ray uh rochelle who yep. uh, 
what was he uh, 40, 49. 49 years old football player. I mean, that made it onto ESPN uh, game day too. And so that was definitely a good spot to start. Like, how can we make something like that? And so we landed on a little bit of like post 20 and talking about this team that they have and, you know, how far they've been, you know, together since they were just little, little tykes playing together and uh, with uh, Chris Campus coaching them all through, all through their entire childhood and now into Legion. Um, again, if you'd remember, Chris was the coach when they won it all in 2012. He took a little break, let Kelly McNary and Wapton take over and then took back over once his son Caden and that kind of group of, of guys started to come up. And so we started, you know, pulling some stats and the stats we were pulling, you know, uh, throughout, you know, a couple seasons, they were about like, like 105 and 30 or something. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's kind of a, uh, culture of this win, this winning culture. And uh, Chris Campus, the coach for Wapton Post 20, definitely brings a certain mindset to the diamond. Um, you know, some arguing, you know, maybe he's a little too, you know, hard on the nose and takes everything too seriously. But also, you know, he's, uh, he, he's trying to, you know, <laughs> every team when you walk on the diamond, they're trying to win. Um, but uh, definitely, it's definitely the culture has shifted back from when I play. You know, the players are, you know, they care about baseball. They show up to practice. They're not messing around or anything. They they want to do and get the job done. And you know, Chris's whole uh, philosophy is we're going to be good on the small things. And like bringing you back in, Brad. You know, you've seen you know calling a bunch of their games. How good they are at the basics. Yes. How good they are at bunting, fielding. Last night they won seven to one against Kindred, and um, I've never seen a better shortstop performance from Cade, uh, from Caden Hockert, where he made just a couple of amazing plays look easy. Um, just the small things, right? I mean, they do that and, so well. And he's not the regular shortstop. No, Caden <laughs> Kappas was pitching, right? And uh, yeah, he and and Kappas make plays that I've seen very few at that level make definitely yeah and you you really do take for granted you know some of those uh, I mean it's always we could almost tie Carlos Correa into this because before (laughs) it was a revolving door with the Minnesota Twins with shortstops and now we're just maybe some of us take for granted how easy you make some of the tough plays Mm -hmm. make you know and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Wapton Post 20 does uh, being with the team here throughout this entire summer um, it's just been a, a matter of them executing and when they do it's hard for a team to beat them when they're they're firing on all cylinders when that group or some of that group were younger they were winning regional titles and getting to try i think i recall them going to kansas a few, yep. a few years back and i think like down south they went to too. they went to alabama alabama too, that's the, what it was yeah. for the was a babe ruth world series i believe something like that and yeah they, I, I remember yep. that and and just that group and and having kind of gotten back into Legion baseball again, and even you'd hear it from some of the other towns about, yeah, this 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 group of young men with Chris coaching it, and you know Chris has coached at just about every level. He yeah. you know he helped get the science program started and everything else. And yeah, and I guess you don't want to say it's like the the last run, but for some of them, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. And like I said before, if I could take. Uh, one day I'd take it to get another at bat for, you know, Wapton post 20. And some of these guys are kind of living through that right now. You know, some of them, a couple of them, you know, won't be eligible next season to play. And, you know, next, uh, 
next you know high school season the Wapton Huskies they showed well at EDC this this year but you know lots of graduating seniors and so it's kind of going to be a little bit of a uh, a re a gut if you will to uh, build the program back up again but you know um we'll see we'll see what they do in this documentary i hope we're going to be premiering it uh, sometime in uh, november december should be about you know 45 minutes long it's going to chronicle their entire season from you know the start to the they went to omaha robert went down there with the team um it's going to you know chronicle what their um their thoughts through the season were um, whether it be the players, the coaches, or some of the fans, um, and then also um, seeing what happens here in the state tournament, we still got two two days to go, mm-hmm. and uh, um, should be should be fun. Yeah, uh, they they've certainly been a fun to, fun to watch. What was the what was the response when you asked Chris and asked some of these guys what did they think about kind of being the guinea pigs for this? That's that's a good question. We uh, we approached them and uh, they kind of didn't really understand what we were trying to do at first, and once we you know, it's it's easy to show something, you know, you can pull up. Basically what we did was, you know, we pulled up, number one, we pulled up like a hard knocks. We showed them, you know, something that we were trying to relate something to them so they can kind of know what, what this is about. So we kind of do hard knocks, you know, mixed with a 30 for 30 maybe, and so something like that. And so that really kind of opened up their, their mind to, you know, what we're actually doing, you know, capturing everything from, you know, game footage to, you know, practices to what these guys are doing in the summer. So they, they were open to it after that. You know, you mentioned Robert too, and Robert was really the one that broke the story about Ray, Ray Ruschel last year. He did. And, you know, I guess I, I, I'd heard about it, you know, talking with Izzy and kind of going through the roster and he goes, he gets down to Ray and he goes, this guy's 49 years old. <laughs> I said, yeah, why is he here? Right. <laughs> he wants to play football, and it was. And I thought oh, he's not going to play. And he played the first week, and yeah. he had a blowout the second week, and he played again. And then, and I think, then the story just took off. It and did. I, and I remember Robert and I talking about it because I was, I ended up being a participant in the story. Yeah. Um, yep. The last couple of weeks when ESPN was down there, and they were down there for extensive stuff. I would imagine he probably got some because there's a couple of things like we talked about. It's like. Why didn't they use that? Why didn't they use that? Mm. I go, that, that would have been a better thing, you know, better right. clip or a better highlight. I'm sure he probably took some of that yeah, that from that experience. And it was I mean, it was a very interesting experience. I mean, we had the producer on. Uh, John Fish was on the show here after it aired. Mm-hmm. and um, But I would imagine Robert probably took some notes, took some mental notes definitely. on this. Yeah. I think you definitely learned from that. And, you know, after you break a story like that in such a small town and such a interesting story that literally like you said no one knew about and you know he you know put the story together and tweeted it out and now it's it's probably known internationally now about this guy playing football here and in Wampadin and again like we talked before he'll be back this season and so um, Robert and I have been throwing around not that we're like not busy at all or anything but (laughs) doing another story or something on the NDSCS it'd be fun to do like a hard knocks for the science football team don't you think that'd be fun well and because there's so many great characters every every season it's uh, the the junior college world is (laughs) people don't People don't have a great enough appreciation for Last it. Last chance, Juco. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I guess uh, report uh, reporting. I just texted Izzy today. Reporting day is August six, by the way. So. August six. Okay. August six. So, but yeah, I mean, just some, especially it's just some of the stories and the travel and everything else. It is, um, yeah. it's a unique world. But it's and and I will give science credit. They where that could have been a big distraction. They embraced it, and, yeah. and I think they realized, hey, 
our program's going to be on game day. There's going to be right. a lot of eyeballs on our program. Exactly. And I think they, instead of kind of looking at it as, uh, you know, kind of a sideshow, they just went along with it. So. I think that, that was great and great to feature, you know, Science School, which is, you know, one of the, I mean, I'll always advocate for Science School, me being an alumni there yeah. and uh, um, one of the best two-year schools in the nation. Yeah, no doubt about it. So um, how much uh, how much footage, how many hours of footage do you have oh, to God. try and weed through? Or is, is that you don't want to know. Is, is like, that a loaded question? Like we have, uh, my hard drive is, uh, if you don't if you don't know um, hard drives, but it's eight terabytes and it's getting pretty uh, pretty full, and mm-hmm. which is just a ton of footage. And um, I mean, with with every game, you got to think that's at least two to three hours of shots, and that's from both if I'm at the game and Roberts at the game. Yep. We you know that's four hours of footage right there that you know you have to kind of sort. But yep. we've been it's interesting a little behind the scenes is it's interesting how you know you know we're sharing footage and. It's not just uh we're gonna wait and to do everything and after you know after everything's over we've been kind of divvying up kind of the stuff where you know Robert has tackled the the Omaha uh, trip he's edited mm-hmm. pretty much all of that now okay. and so we're kind of divvying up between me and him so we can come together here at the end of the uh, at the end of the season here and uh, have a rough draft of what we want and then start you know picking away at. You know the the real in depth stuff. I guess that was the question I have. Do you have like it's going to be a certain length? Do you kind of have? An, we have a story. Kind of have, a, have a, basically have a blueprint. Yeah, we do. Yes, it's a. Um, it's basically you know we write it out and then it'll say Madison or Robert. You you're tackling this and it's it's in the line and we pretty much have like you think about it. I have like lots of shots in mind and I know it's going to be here and so it's a lot of that on paper now has to translate into video. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Okay. So. Uh, more to come on that. Like I said, the story's not completed because they've got a, uh, well, they know for sure they've got a couple of games for sure to be played. And that uh, Class A tournament, which you and I have both been at yep. uh, in uh, in great great detail the past few days. I do want to say Kindred has a real awesome uh, complex there. They have, uh, and uh, kind of being around that and, and knowing some of the, well, like I said, I've been covering games there for a long yeah. time, and that was a dirt infield, and that was a shack yeah. of a press box, and to see where it's come through now, and it's taken a I long... want to comment the, the groundskeepers, too. The outfield is one of the flattest outfields I've ever seen. Yep. It's just amazing. Yep. They amazing. Have, they've done, an, they've, they've put a lot of money and a lot of time, and there's a lot of people with uh, down there, Paul Quislin and Josh Almiris and Dan Nathan, and there's too many to mention yeah. down there that, that have become uh, friends of mine over the years, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, a real good facility too, and that's you know, it. Every town has that. If they have that, I think of the baseball association in Wapiton and what they did with the yeah. improvements with John Randall. And there's you know a lot of guys down there. I know Joe Schreiner, a friend yep. of, of yours and mine, is is one. I know he's kind of been the one of the ringleaders and uh, and getting getting that done. So. Also, a fun thing with this documentary, we Robert and I had no idea who John Randall was. Okay, yeah, and no one really does know who John Randall was except for. We talked to you know Will Ulick, who who is uh, you know father of a player on Post Twenty right now, Tori Ulick. Um, he knows he knows a little bit about it, but it's just we know he was a person. We found his grave at a cemetery in town, okay. but like there's a lot of like mystery over who is this man <laughs> and why do you name the baseball field after him? So that's going to be a fun bit to uncover in that documentary. Oh, I, that, that's hilarious! I didn't I know. know that. I figured somebody would know. He's right? This, this, he's exactly. this international man of mystery <laughs> when it comes to Wapit and baseball. So, exactly. Uh, uh, well, uh, more to come on that. Um, I I know you guys have put a lot of time in. There was one clip that you kind of leaked out that I really enjoyed. You oh. you 
have mic'd up the players, <laughs> and I think it was one of the early games of the year. Was uh, it Flea Foot? Yes. Uh, yeah. they were, I think they were playing one of the Pulse 400 teams. Uh, yeah. And you mic'd up Flea Foot, and he hits a home run while he's mic'd up. Yeah, that was that was our first, my first night actually shooting at John okay. Randall. And so we, we mic'd up the players, like you said, so we get some cool stuff there. And so I had mic'd up Jackson the first couple innings. You know, when he's catching, he's catching behind the plate. And also his first at-bat, he walked in his first at-bat, so he's kind of bummed that he didn't, you know, do much. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, don't do any, try to do anything to just just get take your walk. And so I'm like, I'll give him one more shot. He goes up, he hits a two run home run, and he's uh, he he also rounds the base, you know, and uh, told tells the second baseman, yeah, I'm mic'd up too. <laughs> so a um, uh, little bit of attitude with these guys. That's too. Uh, the- I, I have seen that. <laughs> uh, I've seen a little bit of that. lots of that. Will be uh, you know, yeah. you'll see that in the documentary um, too. But uh, but yeah, we've. After after we captured that, I'm like, we're gonna be okay. This is gonna be okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little bit of an edge with that with that group. That's and, true. Uh, I think that probably maybe comes back to who's coaching them. That, I, I would I, agree. I think it's a lot of Chris, and I think you'll definitely see that fleshed out in the documentary. Yeah, no question. All right, now. Yeah. What are we gonna do with our ball club, man? Oof. It's um, there. I'm, I'm down bad right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's the thing: trade deadline it ends tomorrow. What is it? 4.15 or something in the Yeah, like early after, early to mid-afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I've been throwing things out there. Do they even try to get anyone else? I, see, and I, I, I think they're kind of at a crossroads. And, I, and uh, I think we're going to visit with Jack here a little bit later on in the show that you tried this last year, and it failed. It Bad. It imploded. I mean, and it did not go well. Do you really want to mortgage? Yeah. Do you really want or need to mortgage more for a team that – Yep. I think they kind of are what they are, and they might go to the playoffs with a team that are what they are. Here's my worry. They are what they are. They make the playoffs. They finally end the the worst drought in sports history. They win a playoff game, and then the front office will be like, yeah, that works. See, so we're just, we we're, told you. See, we did it. And so we're not, we're not going to do anything ever again. And here's the thing. I've been critical of the Paddock trade. Um, I've mm-hmm. been critical of the Mally trade um, with their medicals being what they were, and the Twins probably should have known about that. But here's the thing. You're going to make bad trades, right? And uh, the thing is, that shouldn't make you scared to make another trade, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you traded away Spencer Steer and uh, another prospect to – the Reds, which basically I think the Twins have propelled the Reds into being good this <laughs> year assisted, because of yeah, that. They have really um, and so, but here's yeah. the thing: uh, I even think, do you get rid of Gray here at the and get a couple of prospects back in the pool somehow? I, you know, and I, they were Lavelle. Bring up Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, Lavelle was just talking about that. And I think if, if you deal Gray, because there's no question that a he'll return and b he might retire because he's kind of floated that idea yeah. that he might just be done. That might be, you know, if you can get something for him. And entertain and have Keuchel. Here's the thing: I would be against that. Actually, it sounds like he would have opted out if the Twins haven't said, "Hey, we we know you're going to be pitching for us sometime, right? Don't you mm-hmm. think?" No. And so there, there. I think he has another opt out coming up soon. And so uh, I don't think he would be, you know, kind of generous with the organization if he didn't think that he would be pitching here. Because right. I mean, he doesn't want to start at St. Paul, you know, the rest of his career here. Um, so I think there's something there. It just will it happen? You know, they only have a day left. I just like the Rangers is what I want the Twins to be. 
They're in a win now mode. Yep, they're going in. They're going. They're in a win now mode. They picked in. up almost an entire new pitching staff. <laughs> pitching yes. staff, and uh, it's just the Twins. Yeah, I think it's gonna say it's gonna say a lot about what the Twins organization is if they go. Um, within the next day, are they going to be sellers or buyers? Because still right now it's up in the air if they're going to be either or. Because picking up Dylan Floro, okay. You know? I think you just you just you just swapped one problem for another. I, I mean, basically, right? And I mean, his that's... first his first uh, outing did not go well. I mean, he no. he kind of got set up bad by Moran, and let me tell you, Moran shouldn't be on an MLB roster. Oh but, man! Um, uh, but uh, no. still, it's if the, if that's the only thing they do, it's they're rolling the dice and. I don't like those dice. No, uh, Vikings get, get at least the Neil Hunter for a year. So oh, I'm so I, I'm I'm in I'm in football in season regard. mode now too. So if the Twins let me down like they will, I I I'll just keep watching Justin Jefferson catch balls and contort his body <laughs> into weird positions yes. to make a touchdown, and that'll make me happy. Yep. Um, but it, it, right, I think the smart move for the Vikings was to lock up Hunter. I don't think like he was a top ten. Defensive end last year, um, he, he I think he's gotten by the injuries, but uh, he di- I don't think it was true. You don't want to get him on a three year deal, mm-hmm. but that one year deal I think it'll be okay. Um, my biggest thing is they're gonna have to pay Justin whatever he wants. Yes. So I mean, open. you just gotta get ready for that because and, and I and I think you know next year I I don't I think we both agree Kirk Cousins is probably not gonna be wearing purple. I don't and think I so. I think the whole salary cap thing. Who knows what that's going to look like next year? And I'll be honest, I, I was you know been watching some stuff from training camp. Jaron Hall doesn't look too bad. He's no like he's not Kellen Mond. Mm-hmm. He's made some really nice throws. He has made some you know bad interceptions. But is Jaron Hall that guy? Do the do the Vikings go you know only eight wins and somehow get a, a good draft you know draft yeah. pick? But yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think the quarterback field. I it might be yeah. a little bit better in 24. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it'll be what it was this last no, year for no. sure. I guess I think it'll I'm thinking off the top of that. my head, Caleb Williams will probably be the first quarterback off maybe. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, I think it will involve the Vikings trading up to get a pick because they keep kicking the can down the road. Of, mm-hmm. you're, they're going to have to have a bad season here soon, right? You know, where it's where it's like almost totally blows up. Kind of have to have the Leslie Frazier, yeah, three and thirteen. Type you know, of thing and it's something. I I don't want I don't want that to happen. But at some point, that's going to happen. You can't just keep delaying and delaying until you know. Yeah, I don't we'll see. And that division, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, the Lions might, look. Who knows? Well, I think didn't make sense on draft you night. Gotta, you, it might. It might work I think out. You gotta. I. You gotta show me. Don't snow me. I think on the Lions and I well, think with a, a guy like Dan to, Campbell, to he's like gonna that, be you know, so. biting kneecaps and everything. <laughs> there is that. So, all right, we are we are due for a break. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And we'll, I guess when you, when it gets closer to completion, we'll uh, we'll get you on to talk about the finished product. But uh, perfect. Brad, looking thanks. forward to see it. So appreciate it. All right, Madison Quinn, uh, part of our uh, team at Midwest Radio. He's our uh, video uh, video coordinator and uh, does some news reporting. Does a lot of different uh, things for us as well. We'll visit with uh, our own Jack Michaels a little later on in the show. Doc Phil next here on the Jack Michaels Show on the Fan. Give me the news. I got. Doctor? 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 Me. What's up, guys? It is Monday, and visit with our own Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil Johnson is uh, he is on the line. I believe he's on the line. Hello, Doc. Yeah. There we are. Good, because um, 
We were told in the noon hour they were going to they would be doing some work with the internet and the phone line, which made me a little bit gave me some trepidation. But I think we are up and running, so that's a good sign. So we're up and I have a little breaking news, a little breaking news from the hockey front here, though. Uh, oh, Philip yeah? Philip Gustafson is staying with the Minnesota Wild, a three year, eleven point two five million dollar contract that'll go through the twenty five twenty six season. Oh really? Yes. Wow. Wow, nice. So that's uh, they they locked him up. He's good. Yeah, yeah he's good. He's a, he's a good player. Pretty solid. I believe yeah. they have Flurry. We, we were just looking it up here. Yep. Uh, in the break, I believe I they have Flurry for one more year. I think you're right. Yep. I think he because they bought that out with Vegas. And I think that goes for one more year. So. Yep. It was a two. Well, this could be pretty well set in goal. Now it's everything else. You know. I think they've got some reinforcements down in Iowa too. I think Zane McIntyre, right? Is he yeah, still, is he still do. down there? Yeah. So, and then yeah, they've got some good young forwards coming up too. So I think that uh, you know, depending on how the season goes and things, I think they'll be all right. You know, they're they're going to be very competitive, and it's always this, you know, who gets injured or or what happens sometimes during the course of the season. But I would think they're going to be pretty darn competitive there in the, in the Central Division. They kind of have some they got some salary cap uh, issues they're, they're, that they're still right. feeling the the uh, the ill effects of uh, Parisi and Suter, and that's uh, that's kind of bit them yeah. here in the long run. And I and I think that goes for one more year too, and then I think they're done. All right, well, that um, would help. Yeah, because that'll free up a lot of dollars. I, I don't remember exactly what the number is, but they both signed you know, for hundred million for eight, I think it was eight years or 10 years. So mm-hmm. once they get out from underneath that, then I think they can free wheel a little bit more and they've got some freedom to maybe bring in some of the, the higher level level talent if, if possible. All right. Uh, well, I, I'm thinking this week, uh, at least North Dakota high school football practices uh, starting this week, you're going to see some of the other sports as well. And we know we're, we still have, even though people, some say, Summer might be over. It's not really the case. You know, he's going to probably going to get a warm stretch here sometime in August. What do uh, what do athletes need to do? I mean, obviously, you know, the training never ends. But I mean, what do what would you like to see them do? You know, when they get their physicals and such, to make sure that they're ready to go once that first practice gets going. Well, I think the biggest thing we we really impress upon them is hydration. You know, especially as you get into the hot months here. Uh, but you want to make sure, you know, the physical exam is, is becoming more and more important, uh, especially because evaluation of their, their joints, you know, the joint structures around the shoulder, the knee, and the ankle. Make sure they good have, have good stability, good muscle control. But the other thing that's becoming a little bit more paramount, and just recently with LeBron James' son, you know, is the heart history. Uh, really need to understand that there's, there, is there a family history of any troubles with arrhythmias or um, you know, things like that, chest pain or shortness of breath, uh, because invariably what happens is that some of these kids, um, you know, go through the process and they get exposed to this high stress environment and they can collapse and, and die from a condition called idiopathic hypertrophic subaortic stenosis, which is really, really hard to detect um, before it happens. But, but But there are ways. But but they've got to go pretty thoroughly into the history, you know, what, what has been some of their symptoms in the past and, and things. So, um, but aside from the, from the usual things that you want to look for, previous injuries to the joints, have they fully recovered? Uh, or did they have a new injury? Or do they have a lot of joint laxity sometimes that can predispose them? 
or just, you know, decreased strength. Um, they need to be looked over pretty carefully so that we can try and mitigate or prevent as much injury as we possibly can. I'm glad you brought up uh, the uh, Ronnie James. Is that a condition that is the maybe in the public and the media we're talk we aren't talking about enough in the medical community is it being uh, talked about enough yeah no it is and, and there's a there's a laser focus especially on a lot of the collegiate players that are coming in they're getting the full workup with ekgs and cardiograms and, you know echocardiograms and things so you know they're they're very attuned to that but again you know with everything some of these things just sneak up too and un, unbeknownst to everyone and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just a horrific thing. But fortunately, you know, in the athletic venues that, that we are exposed to the, in these days, we've got good AEDs that are always around. Usually there's medical personnel very close, if not at the, at the venue. So, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of good things that have been happening over the last really five to seven years because of the things that have happened. You know, the commotion cordis uh, to the Buffalo player last year, you know, it's really tuned everybody in, but we kind of knew it as hockey because we see it in hockey, the the puck to the chest and it stops the rhythm of the heart. So um, it's, uh, I think, on everybody's radar now and not just one of those rare things you go, oh, it's never going to happen. No, it, it can happen. And so people are much more prepared for it with their emergency action plan. And uh, I think we're, we're in better, we're in a better situation. Uh, I have a moment, uh, a couple of years ago now, the Shrine Bowl, which I was I was at and broadcasting, and uh, there was the uh, there was the official that went down uh, in the in the first game, and they had the paddles at Cheyenne. They yep. applied them and yep. saved his life. Well, and that's the thing that you know a lot of folks don't really realize. I mean, those officials are just doing it, you know, as a hobby. They're not full time like like the guys you know on TV that work out all the time, you know, during the week. And, and not to say that these guys don't, but I mean, you know, they, this is a little bit more of a hobby and, you know, kind of a, a lower stress level, but, but certainly, uh, you know, things can happen. You know, myocardial infarction or a heart attack is, is, a, is probably one of the number one causes of death um, just in the general population. I mean, cardiovascular disease is still up there with number one. So um, the, the important thing is, is that, that they get recognized really quick because you've only got a, a little bit of time. But, you know, the trainers on both teams are so good now, and they're trained well. Uh, they're trained to look for these things. And and I think that the chance of survival, if, if an official does go down from a, uh, from a heart attack, is quite good because AEDs are right there at the uh, at the stadiums and and also within the arenas. So I think the, the chance of survival is way better than it was just, you know, 10, 15 years ago. You talked about, like, the, the physicals and that they become – for athletes, have they become kind of more kind of what the word de- de- detailed? Maybe there's they kind of looking for yep. for more things than they did say twenty yep. years ago. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. And, and I remember just twenty years ago, you know, it was a heart lung check, and you having any troubles with your knees or ankles or shoulders? Let's move them around. No. Okay, you're good. Now it's getting more into what kind of symptoms have you had? Have you had any troubles with the shortness of breath or chest pain or what's the family history? And really delving into that because. That's usually where you find a lot of the the clinical uh, little nuggets that are there. Like, oh yeah, I had a grandpa that died at an early age. My dad died at an early age. You know, so some of these things pop up. You go, okay, uh, maybe we need a little bit more investigation to make sure that you are as as good as we think you are, and that you can you can handle the sport, especially in these extremes of temperatures where it's going to be really hot and 
and, and muggy now as it comes up. So, yeah, it's it's a much more detailed, and it should be if it isn't. It's a much more detailed history and physical now so that we can make sure we're trying to cover all the bases before we let these kids go and participate. Dr. Phil Johnson with his uh, Monday visit here. It is uh, brought to you by Orthopedic and Sports Medicine uh, uh, Associates of Fargo. And, uh, you know, I suppose it's kind of for you guys, too. I mean, you're, you're always busy, kind of you're never really in and out of season, so to speak. But it's to kind of get a little busier this time of year uh, just because of that? You know, you do, and, and you see um, more of the strains right away, so the muscle strength, muscle pulls, uh, as they get more into the contact uh, part of it, then you'll start seeing a little bit more of the injuries with the shoulders, whether it's a separation or a dislocation. Uh, the knees, certainly the ACL is probably the more common severe injury that we see. Um, and, um, you know, things that happen with the patella. So there's kind of a whole host of things that kind of start showing up. Uh, each sport has its own little, own, own little cachet of, of injuries that show up, you know, in the contact sports are a little bit more of the bruises and fractures and this and that, whereas basketball is a little bit more of the soft tissue injuries for sure. Um, but as we get into women's volleyball, the shoulders are very prevalent. Uh, and also late, also the knee can be a real significant thing too. Most of the good things that most of the teams now do brace their ankles and we know that, that does help significantly reduce the uh, incidence of ankle injuries. So they're doing pretty good with that. Knee bracing is not really something that you can do, and it hasn't really been proven to be real effective other than as football linemen. Uh, it is It does act as a good prophylactic uh, uh, protection against any ligament damage, especially in the MCL. Well, 37, and uh, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else or any topics in the world that uh, that uh, that we're missing here on a Monday. You know, that's that's a good question. <laughs> it's kind of looking at the uh, hockey, any, kind of looking at the yeah, hockey front here, and it's you know, like I said, we had the breaking news with Gustafson. Well, it's kind of pretty quiet. Yeah, that's about it. It's kind of a little quiet period, you know, the the lull before the storm, so to speak, because things really get going here probably late this week, early next week, with all the practices and things that will start, and and then uh, there we go. Then after that, school starts, and boom. Summer's over. Yep, I, I think I kind of feel that way. Where just yeah, it's it's just I don't know. Where some people say, or you would say, where it's over at the Fourth of July. Is it August first? Where do you rank on that? I go Labor Day still. Damn good, good for you. Yeah, I still go Labor Day. You know, that's kind of when you do your chores at the you know at the lake and yep. get everything kind of buttoned up for the winter and you know boats out, docks out, some of that stuff. Which is kind of, which is kind of a shame because you get some of the best weather in the fall. Oh, in the fall, you know, man. that is true. September can be really, really good, but also it can be really nasty too towards the end. I mean, I I remember snow, um, not unusual at the end of September and then into October, but let's hope not. All right, very good. Well, Doc, appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you again next Monday. All right, sounds good. Have All a good week. All right, you as well, Doctor Phil Johnson, joining us. 1238, we will visit with Jack Michaels. He is on the road in Winnipeg. Red Hawks looking for a sweep of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. You'll hear that later today about 5.30, 5.10 pregame on the fan. We'll visit with Jack north of the border next. Monday, 7.40, The Fan, 107.3 FM, as, uh, well, Jack, uh, well, ready to uh, 
leave Winnipeg one uh, one more night for the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks, and they'll continue on their uh, road trip. But uh, we'll, we'll start with that with the Redhawks. Uh, boy, nice little bounce back here, and then all of a sudden, Kansas City kind of hitting a little bit of a rut, and uh, the Redhawks and the uh, the rest of the division with Lincoln and Sioux City not far behind starting to uh, creep up. Isn't baseball, and uh, good day to you, Brad, isn't baseball just strange or a microcosm of everything else? You know, the Redhawks, admittedly, were, were playing consistent, you know, their best brand of baseball while at Newman Outdoor Field and then went to Sioux Falls and, you know, lost a couple of games in the last two games of that series. And, you know, one we could argue, you know, maybe we're playing a little bit better, but they didn't win. And then they come to Winnipeg who's reeled off five straight wins. You know, they're trying, now here comes the Winnipeg surge, and and, and, and now maybe you've picked a Winnipeg at the wrong time to play. And what happens? You take the first three, and you're in line for, if you can win tonight, a four-game series sweep. Same thing for the Twins, Brad. You know, you might think, okay, they're playing a little bit better baseball, and then boom, they go to Kansas City. So once this is why we love the sport, but once somebody figures out trends and momentum and, uh, you know, feel and, and excuses and reasons, yeah, just uh, direct DM me, as the kids say, DM me on that. Yeah, so it'd be ideal. The uh, Twins, what a week, what a difference a week makes, not even a week. Uh, they'd won 9 of 11. Uh, going into or after the All-Star break, things are looking up. They're getting contributions from uh, the Kirillovs and Julians of the world, and uh, it seems like, well, maybe they've turned a corner, and, boy, this is the perfect storm. You you lose to one of the worst teams in baseball. You get swept over the weekend, and you've got the trade deadline approaching, and Cleveland's, you know, caught you again in a really mediocre division, and it just it never ends with this ball club. It is. It's. It's. It's in, in Kirilov on the IL for a little bit. Got to get that shoulder fixed now and and, and get that worked on. And you know the one. Uh, you know. You know actually. You know emerging on uh, maybe both fronts when we're talking baseball for for the Redhawks. You know. It, it, you know on top of what I just said. How about Leo Pena cutting his hand open, opening up a can, making supper for his family. Uh, gets like nine stitches in. We pick him up from Sioux Falls to Winnipeg. Still has the stitches in, mind you. And uh, let's see, hits a double off the center field wall in Friday night. Homer's in the eighth inning to tie the game and doubles, by the way, Saturday. Then just for good measure, Homer's yesterday, <laughs> yesterday while playing Thursday. So that figure out. But what's emerging, too, is, is uh, man, Brad, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked about Kenta Maeda. I, I think... Uh, it's it's a nice story. Everybody's kind of pulling for him. So on the Red Hawks front, excited for Leo's finding this power while playing with that that stitch in his hand. And then Kent Maeda, who who just uh, appears to well, knock. I'm knocking on wood on my Winnipeg hotel room door as I say that, Brad. You, you certainly hope so. I mean, uh, and that's going to be interesting too. Maeda's a free agent. Uh, there's actually been some scuttlebutt. Maybe the Twins deal. Sonny Gray, and, you know, Sonny Gray's a free agent, and he's kicked around, and he, he might hang it up after this year. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns with that, and and the Twins are kind of, you know, last year they decided to go all in and make some moves. Neither of them panned out. Do you want to have a repeat of that uh, of uh, for 2023? Do you go stand pat? Do you just feel like, hey, maybe we are what we are, and we don't want to mortgage any more of the future? It's uh, That's a juggling act, and they've got a few hours to figure it out. Yeah, I like how you put that. We are who we are, and and I love the word use the word mortgage right there. And that's it's a uh, boy. It, it's kind of um, how do we always say it? With all due respect, it's it's kind of Jan Brady. 
you know, you're you're in the you're in the middle. You're not you're not the rich get richer marshes of the world. You know, those that are maybe leading divisions or on the cusp and have the dollars and could care less. They will they will spend spend spend. You know, or maybe the Cindy's who get a lot of attention because they're lovable, but yet you know they're up and coming. You know, they've got a bright future and a good farm system. You know, Jan's kind of always been stuck in the middle, and the twins maybe what you just described, Brad, kind of. Is a little bit where Minnesota is, and and you know what, yeah, Jan was all right. She had her moments, <laughs> so maybe the maybe the Twins have their moments too. Uh, looking to some Legion baseball notes, uh, post two uh, kind of just did what they did. Solid performance. They're headed to the Central Plains Regional pairings route for that in Rapid City. But uh, we've seen in that class of Legion ball the last few years, uh, there's been a team that has uh, come up and kind of stole the show. Post four hundred did it a couple of years ago. Jamestown had a really nice run at state last year, and your Williston Keybirds, the number nine mm. seed, are going to Rapid City. How about that? Man, a lot. I was, <laughs> I tell you, that is uh, good for the boys. You're right. You know, you always got to have that someone to pull for that you maybe didn't expect, but like a nine seed zipping through and getting those big wins. So, uh, yeah, with all, you know, you cheer for everybody to do well and, and have good games and, and succeed. But uh, I can tell you, Brad, my hometown is dancing. They are, they're loving that, and whatever happens at the Central Plains happens. But post two have been good all year, as you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, Williston's really a, a neat story uh, there for that. That town hasn't had as many as they used to, so it's kind of good to see that. Yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to dig around and see the last time that they have made a Central Plains regional, but it's uh... – I think it has been a while. That is uh, no doubt about that. Uh, getting close, uh, uh, interesting note here that uh, I got a, uh, got a note today. Press conference today is going to be held in Fargo. Uh, the Green and Gold Collective, you know, at uh, UND uh, made the announcement. We had Bill Chaves on uh, not too long ago about the uh, the $1 million for the Alston, uh, the Alston money. Right, uh, sure, yeah. Going on, and now NDSU is going to kind of do something uh, very similar, and they're, uh, they're kind of starting uh, starting that uh, at least, I guess, beginning today. Well, see, and that, that uh, you know, I'd, I'd heard initial reports, you're right. They said, well, we're not going to do that, and we're, uh, you know, we're fine on that. But I think it's, uh, you know, it's it, the avenue's there. Some people argue it's Robin Peter to pay Paul and, and all that. But, uh, you know, Bill laid it out pretty nicely, Brad. And I think from the academic streams, and the ability to uh, to allot that uh, those dollars and in the way in which it's done, I think, is a great foundation. And, and you know, I and Bill, people can go back and look for that 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 interview. But you and I and Bill really broke that down. And and a good good friend of your shoe. You know, it's a, again, it's an incentive uh, for these uh, these student athletes. And and I like it. And it's not, you know, even for those that think about the transfer over and. You know, um, you know, we'll have to go back over that, but and time is short. But I'm with it. Good friend issue. It's it's a good avenue. It's got a great foundation. It has the right intent and meaning behind it. Yep, very true. And I think it's probably just something that in today's world has probably become more of a necessity. I would agree. I would certainly concur. All right. Well, we're hoping for a sweep in Winnipeg. Five ten, little earlier start. Five ten pregame. Five thirty, first pitch tonight, and we will be uh, awaiting your call. Thank you, sir, and uh, and uh, we'll see you back in the states soon. You got it. I'll text you about three thirty a.m. somewhere in Iowa or South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Bradley. We'll catch you tonight. All right. See you later, Jack Michaels uh, with the. Uh...
the FM Redhawks as they have one of their longer road trips of the year. is kind of up and down I-29 and uh, the Hawks tonight. Final game of the series in Winnipeg. Then they're back up in Winnipeg here, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend back at home uh, this weekend against Sioux Falls. Week-long homestand against Sioux Falls in Sioux City. Mentioned earlier, um, Philip Gustafson has been uh, signed to a three-year, $11.25 million contract that will go through the uh, 2025-26 season. The 25-year-old last year, 22-9-7 with the uh, Minnesota Wild. Three shutouts, solid goals against average 2.10 and a 93% save percentage as they have him locked up for a while. They have one more year on the Mark andre Fleury contract, and the Minnesota Wild will be making a stop, by the way, uh, next Monday over in uh, in Moorhead uh, with their, uh, their wild road tour. A couple of other things we touched on a little bit with Jack, but uh, there'll be a press conference today, uh, 3 o'clock, for a press conference in Fargo. Uh, the Green and Gold Collective going to be announced. Uh, Jeff Kolpak, uh, the story on that uh, in the local paper. Jay Bartley, a longtime NDSU booster, former NDSU athlete, uh, is going to be leading the charge um, with that. We'll be the leader behind that, and there'll be more information to come on that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that coming up tomorrow as well. Uh, the schedule for the Central Plains Regional on Wednesday, Fargo Post 2 in Williston, the North Dakota representatives um, in the past. There's been some years where North Dakota's had two, some series they've had one, but there are representatives to each in Minnesota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and North Dakota. Williston faces Lincoln, Nebraska at 10.30 Central Time on Wednesday. Post 2 follows at 1. And something to keep in mind for the next couple of years, the Central Plains Regional will be in our backyard. They'll be at Youngfield and West Fargo next summer, about this uh, time next summer. And uh, 2025 will be at uh, Storian Bank Field in, uh, in Fargo. 12.52. Tomorrow, Dick Bramer will join us, and uh, we'll see. The Twins just ahead of the deadline. Do they make moves? Are they selling? Are they buying? Are they standing pat? And they get it figured out again, or at some point. We'll see if Dick can help us sort through all of that and a much more uh, on the program tomorrow. Common Man next. Have a great Monday, everybody. So long. Man. I get accused of this, and I'm really not trying to do it, but someone will tell you a story, and you do a one-up-um story. Yeah. Where you go, you think that's something. Wait till you get a load.